Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast. Your home for all things Astros. With your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 59 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, still recovering from my final four weekend, which was absolutely <laughs> exhausting. Alongside my partner, Jeff Blum, who's already in mid-season form in the booth, working at the Astros games. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, of course, YouTube. Be sure and like and subscribe to keep up with us. Give us a follow on Twitter and now also on Instagram, at Believe in Astros. That'll be more active now that I'm done with Final Four, I'll be posting some more business up on there. I'm back, baby. Uh, find me at Jeff Balky and Blummer at Blummer27 pretty much everywhere on social media. Thanks to everyone who's given us five stars and left reviews on Apple. A few new ones recently, which were nice. Uh, if you haven't done that, you can still do it and be a true American hero. Uh, obviously, send us your comments, questions. We love seeing uh, and reading all of them. For example, why do the Astros always have cold starts to start seasons? We're going to talk about that a little bit because it's it's a it's a thing. Uh, quick reminder: you have until this Thursday to vote for this podcast as best baseball podcast. We were selected as one of twelve to be nominated for that honor. Go to sportspodcastgroup.com, click awards, find the baseball category, and you will find us there. You have to create an account, log in, but just listen, you're already being spied on TikTok by China. So just go ahead and give up all your information at this point. Send a, get Look, just post your social security number online and get it over with. It's basically yeah, what I'm not recommending that. Um, Blummer, how are you doing this morning? I'm tired. I'm a little tired yeah. of that game. Opening you know, weekend. Night was a little extended. And in the opening yeah. weekend, I mean, it's it's been a bit of a hangover for a little bit. But, uh, you know, just, just plugging along. After, after the excitement of opening day and the yeah. pageantry of a ring ceremony banner unveiling the grind happens real quick man <laughs> i can imagine i mean we were just talking you on opening day you were like a ping pong ball man oh, you were man. like b- bouncing from one spot to another everybody wanted them a piece of blummer <laughs> <laughs> and, and it kind of spiraled out of control quickly too because you know i i had I do a radio show on 790 mm-hmm. with Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler. They're gracious yeah. enough to give me an hour every week. Yeah, they're great. And uh, so we have a good time. And when we started that show out at Street Fest, all of us, you know, it was like maybe 50, 60 people kind of wandering around. And we're, you know, we're on the loudspeaker doing our radio show. And everybody's kind of like, oh, I didn't know they were over there. And then about uh, halfway through the show, there had to be about <laughs> 2,000 people surrounding the tent. And I was like, holy cow, this is insane. <laughs> And uh, proceeded to take a, a ton of pictures, shaking hands, high-fiving, and just uh, getting involved. But uh, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, you looked like a uh, – You looked like a, uh, I, I walked out there. I was chatting with Adam and uh, um, Clanton, 
And uh, of course, I've, I've known him and Wexler for years. And um, so I was chatting a little bit with them and I was watching you like, you're a little bit wide-eyed. I'm just gonna say, like, like you yeah. are obviously happy to be out there doing it as you always are, but you looked a little bit like, um, I, I wasn't expecting, that. yes, not yeah. expecting this, like a line mm-hmm. around the block. Lover, yeah. you're a very popular man. It's a beautiful thing, and it's a credit to the, this this era of Astros baseball being yeah. in the right place at the right time, and uh, having some gracious fans just being able to take a ride with us along on this journey. It's been amazing. As, yeah, as my wife joked this morning about me because I was talking about all the Final Four stuff, she's like, you're a highly sought-after man. I was like, let's not go crazy. Uh, okay. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> all right, the let's chest, give a, the chest popped out. You know, yeah, right. no, not exactly. More like a chest caved in so I could take a nap. <laughs> After all of that, all right. Word from our sponsor, BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all basketball info, stats, news, and analysis. Final Four is over, but the NBA rolls on. Uh, you can get the latest odds, news, and info for everything on the NBA this year. The Rockets will not be rolling on much longer. A couple more games, and then their season is mercifully over. Uh, the NBA playoffs to the end of the regular season. I'm guessing the draft will be in there. Vote Wemby. Um, <clears throat> by the way, if you don't get Vote Wemby, that's a little that's a little Simpsons throwback to Vote Quimby, the mayor. It's just to drop that in there for you, Simpsons yeah. nerds. <laughs> Bet online is your sports. Yeah, he was he was a scene where he was in some hotel with some woman and he was the people bust in on him by accident. He closed the door and then he reopened the door and went vote Quimby because he couldn't stand not to get votes from people. Um, Anyway, I digress. Bet online is your sports information headquarters all season. If you love sports info, scores, news, podcasts, you can find everything at Bet Online. Uh, we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And speaking of sponsors, just a quick word while we're on the topic. If you're interested in sponsoring a hella fine baseball mm-hmm. podcast, ranked as one of the better podcasts in America, mm-hmm. nay the world, then please contact us. We are absolutely looking for you. Can you imagine what Blummer and I would say about your business on the air? It'd be glowing. It would be like nothing you've ever heard before. People would just be flocking to you to purchase your goods and services simply because... Your phone better be ready and your server better be ready for this. You know what it's going to be like? It's going to be like a restaurant that gets a visit from Guy Fieri on Diners, Mm. Drive-Ins, and Dives. Suddenly, they got too much business, more than they can handle. Exactly. So if you want to do that, you can hit us up. Email us at BLEAV, believeinastros, at gmail.com. Operators are standing by. We got an email now. We do. We got an email. I know, man. (laughs) We are technologically sound over here. All right. So first things first. Jordan hit 100, so you are no longer tied with Jordan with home runs. In 99... (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, I told you the other day when we were texting, I think 99 is a great number to end on. It's so well, much it's, cooler. I mean, the only better number would be 69 to end on. But, you know, that's well, true. You know, but 99 is pretty awesome. 
Yeah, uh, it, it's good if you're if you're a broadcaster. It gives you something extra to talk about. But it's it's kind of funny how it pops up so frequently with some of these guys. And I didn't realize it was going to be such a hot topic uh, with a lot of these things going on. So I'm I'm grateful that I get thrown into the conversation. Maybe. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, 372 games Unreal. to get to 100. And there were some names on the on the list that we had the other day. You know, Ryan Howard was on there. Gary Sanchez actually had 106 through wow. uh, 372 games, but he's still looking for a job. And it's just crazy how that works. But Jordan is one of the more magnificent people I've met and magnificent ballplayers. And what's crazy about Jordan is I talked about this with TK <clears throat> on our broadcast yesterday. That dude showed up in Round Rock after – what is easily the greatest trade in Astros history. I'm, I'm taking it over the Jeff Bagwell. It's I mean, well I know there. that we need Jordan. We need Jordan to get to 480 home runs to beat Jeff Bagwell, whatever yeah. it is. But the fact that the Dodgers system idiotically said, yeah, we'll take Josh Fields for this guy. And I went, what? And now you're looking at it going, good Lord. This is this is the most lopsided trade I think I've ever seen because Larry Anderson for Jeff Bagwell. Was that say. was at the time that was it was wow, they, they got Larry Anderson. Yeah, and Larry Anderson didn't play pretty well for that. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like he was a, he was in the chump. No, you know, no, he was a piece. He was he was a no good offense to Josh guy. Fields. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I, I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I mean the, the fact that he's probably pissed too that he got lumped into this deal because now that's yeah. all that's going to be talked about every time this guy right. has a home run, but. Um, in Round Rock, we saw Jordan putting up, you know, 1,200, 1,500 OPS. He's hitting mm-hmm. rockets all over the place, and you're going, okay, it's the PCL, the ball flies, blah, blah, blah. And we call him up, and you're going, can it translate? And in his second at bat, he hit one off the Conoco Phillips home run pump the other way, and you kind of went, damn, that was a rocket. <laughs> and now here we are. He hits, he hits home run number 100. I'm as fascinated with this guy at 100 as I was at one, and I can't wait to see what what else he does. He is. I, I say it all the time. He is absolutely must see baseball. Yes, he is. When he comes on TV, like you have to switch the channel. Whatever you're watching, turn it off. I don't care what's happening. Armageddon could be happening, but if if he is up to the plate. You need to turn it on. I mean, because it's just every at bat is like you're you're expecting fireworks, truly. And um, I don't recall a time when I have been this mesmerized by a single baseball player in that way um, to to where every time he comes up to bat, you're like, uh, you're like, okay, hit pause. I got to get a drink and get ready. You know, mm-hmm. turn off Twitter. I don't want to know what happens. It's kind of incredible. It is incredible. He puts together great at bats, and that's the other thing. Even if you sit there and you stop your world to watch his, mm-hmm. you're, even if he just gets a base hit, or some of the swings that he that he takes are just they're they're magnificent, and he looks mm-hmm. like he knows exactly what pitch is coming almost every single pitch, and he puts a swing on it. Even if he gets a base hit going the other way, you're like, damn, that was a good swing. So he he's he is magnificent. Uh, that's all I can say about him. I'm, lo- yeah. I'm running out of superlatives. Right. Um, I may have to learn a couple different languages to throw him in there. But man, he's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You might just start start brushing up on how to say incredible in uh, a few in like Mandarin. You know, yeah. uh, increíble. You can say it in Spanish. 
Yeah, let's yeah. go way back. Let's get some Mesopotamian, Ooh. some dead languages, mm. whatever it takes. Oh, yeah. Hieroglyphics, I don't know, but you're right. It's going to holding up whiteboards with like the big O face, like oh, <laughs> exactly. It's all you need. But you know, with, with as great as Jordan's been, by the way, and also Jose Abreu, as good as advertised, he's a nice little protection. Piece, I mean, he? good night. Um, he's got the best batting average on the team right now. The yeah. Astros are eleven and eleven. The last two Aprils. Which is which is just kind of weird <laughs> as it mind. is. That's good that you bring that up because keep yeah. that in mind. Because it, they just don't start well, you know. They just don't. And last year and the year before, people were like, "Well, here the you know, Astros are. They're finally they're finally headed downhill." I always love those predictions. My favorites. Oh, people are like, "Well, it's finally it's finally caught up with them." Mm-hmm. Okay, talk to me yeah. in July. Exactly, hit me up in July. But it is weird that they do start. I was looking at their stats. Just their hitting stats. So they, their combined slash line is 224, 340, 294 for slugging. My Slug, goodness. Wow. 634 OPS. Uh, and then if you look, they've got 45 strikeouts to only 23 walks, which is a huge number for the Astros. The Astros never strike out like that. And only three home runs. Bregman finally got three hits last night after going 0 for 18, which – Pretty normal for Breggy to start a season. You know, he doesn't usually start mm-hmm. very well. He and Jose Altuve, neither one of them. Um, really, this team is is kind of being held together on the offensive side by Jordan, you know, uh, Tucker and Abreu, um, who are doing well. McCormick's been not too bad either. Um, mm-hmm. But and, and speaking and, – and but I just – I'm not sure, like – the combination, maybe. And look, I think the White Sox are going to be better than people think they are. Um, so losing mm, two, good. you know, going two and two against them in a series is no, it's, that's no crime. They have very good pitching, uh, but it's it is weird that every year they come out of the box cold, uh, which seems odd to me. Um, any, what are your thoughts on that? What do you? Well, I mean, do you have any reason why that would be? Especially as a whole team. Uh, it, it, there's, uh, I don't know. It, it seems to be just a fad or a trend or whatever you want to call it because that's what they've been consistently. The one thing that saved them last year was their starting pitching. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this emergence of this wipeout bullpen. And yeah. it's a little bit tougher this season because the starters aren't going as deep. There's been a lot of pitches thrown. And then you've been abusing the bullpen. You know, Ryan Presley coming up with this illness all of a sudden. And mm-hmm. then the bullpen just getting thrashed. We're seeing. Stanek's first appearance go inning in two thirds. You're seeing Hector Neris yeah. throw two innings. These guys have been taking taken out of their roles and out of their yeah. comfort zones because the starting pitching hasn't gone as deep. Now, when that corrects itself, I think you'll you'll see them get their legs back under them. You'll see Dusty be able to use his bullpen more appropriately. Yeah, and you're never going to see these guys panic. I still don't see the panic. You know, there's going to be the fandom yeah. and the opposing fans are like, yeah, this is the year the Astros go down. But <laughs> you know, as well as I do that you watch these guys long enough that they're going to figure it out. They're just too good. Uh, and I think that, uh, I think MLB needs to make, make a, make an adjustment in April, much like they make an adjustment in September Add an extra pitcher. Go to the 27-man roster or stay at 26 and go 12 position players and 14 pitchers because right now one pitcher would really benefit a lot of teams around the league and benefit a lot of managers who are making some tough decisions. But that happened last year. We actually have precedent. I was talking to Joe Espada. He goes, we did it last year and it worked fine. 
He goes, for the first month, we had an extra pitcher and everybody was happy about it. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep into account, too. You don't have that extra pitcher like you had in 2022 because of the shortened spring, because of the lockout. But it also obviously benefited the Astros right. last season and many other teams. So it maybe is something we see in the future because this has been a rough start for some pitching staffs, especially. It has been. Yeah, and it has been. And when you look, it's not like everybody's coming out of the gate like firing. I mean, there are some decent teams. Oh, no. You know, look at the the Mariners are one in. Everybody says the Mariners. Oh, well, they're going to be there. They're one in four to start the season. The Phillies are just kind of a mess at 0 and 4. Even the Mets are only three and two. And, and, so I just it is you know when you look around I mean the the Padres are three and two it's not like the, everybody's just blowing out of the gate and I think you're right I think the pitching it's tough coming out uh, you know with fewer pitchers I mean how good would somebody like Forrest Whitley you know look mm-hmm. um, just being able to give three or four innings because he is a starter or Brandon Belak even um, just having an extra guy to be able to you know go a little bit longer. It makes such a big difference, I think, to some of these guys. And when you look at it, they're the the right now the entire pitching staff is a combined four point two one ERA, but it's mostly the starters that are causing them. And the ERA was over six for the starters, um, but this is only we're only one game in for all these guys. So it's it's a lot of this is going to balance out. I will ask this: Does Jake Myers have any business really playing right now? I mean. He looks completely lost out there. I mean, it, both in and and I, it was one thing at the plate, but I mean defensively, he just looks completely out of his element. And it's so weird because a couple of years ago, you know, he looked like a guy who could be your everyday starter. And I don't know, man. He looks he looks not great out there right now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. And you wonder how many opportunities are going to be there. Right, you know, it's it's uh, you know, Chaz obviously has the experience on the big stage with the World mm-hmm. Series appearances, and it seems like Jake continues to get opportunities. It's when is he going to snatch those opportunities and go with them and play the way we hope he could? Yeah, because there's nothing you you know you're you're not hoping he fails when he goes out. Right, there. you're no, hoping he not. succeeds because he is a guy that is a he he's a. I don't maybe a stat cast darling or an analytic darling mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, he tracked a ball the other day running 30.3 feet per second. Didn't make the catch. He almost, it almost looked like he overran the ball. Right. So you, so you kind of, for me, you kind of wonder instinctually is, is there something wrong with the instinct because the skill right. levels there, but he can't <clears> find, <throat> find the route, find the ball, make the catch kind of thing. But once he starts doing that, I think it's all confidence too. If he yeah. did make the catch, all of a sudden the confidence goes up. Um, there's little, and this is nitpicking too, but I feel like at the big league level, you have to nitpick because if yeah. I'm managing a team, I need my team to make the small play to make things better. Right. And one of the things that I've seen with a guy like, and a great example is Alex Bregman, 0 for 16 to start the season, but he was making every play on defense. Yep. He took his walks. He made good base running decisions. He does little things that make yes. him an exemplary player. And if you're a guy like Jake Myers and I'm playing center field, I can't let guys go first to third to me. I've got to be hyper aggressive, no. getting the baseball and getting it in and keeping those guys from going 180 feet on me. And I just haven't seen that yet. I want to see the aggressiveness. I want to see the tenacity. And it just, I, I have not seen it yet. 
and the check swings at home plate tell me that some of the swing decisions just aren't there yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, I, we're hoping to see more and I'm just not where, sure where it is right now, to be honest. Yeah. And it's, it, you're right. The, the, Bregman's a really good example of that because you look at a guy, um, you know, it, it's difficult to go through a slump and when you, when, but you see guys that are really good, they just make different decisions. They're like, okay, I'm not hitting very well. Like right now, uh, not swinging the bat very well. I'm going to go up here and take my time. I'm going to take walks if I need to, uh, you know, I'm going to play when I, when I am in the field, I'm going to make sure that I play mistake free baseball, you know? Um, and I think that's, it's, it's almost like, you know, because we have seen Jake Myers play well. So it's almost like it, it's like a, me- it feels like mental because the stuff, the, the misplays in the outfield are just weird. You know, they're not even, you know, they're not even things that you would, uh, uh, expect normally to see from a guy who's playing in the outfield, you know, not, not necessarily that the, that particular play you mentioned was routine, but still it's like for him, it probably should be. And, and again, letting guys get from first to third, you can't, you, nobody's doing, nobody is doing that against Kyle Tucker. Like nobody's running mm-hmm. first to third on Kyle Tucker. They know better. That's what you want your center fielder to be well, too. He- yeah, and Tucker established the fact that I will charge the ball. I yes. will come up and make an excellent throw. With, mm-hmm. You know, it may not be the highest velocity in the league, but it's going to be mm-hmm. on the bag. So every yes. time you take a turn and try and advance on me, you better know that it's going to be a bang bang play because I'm right. going to throw it where it needs to be at the appropriate moment. So he's established a reputation of being aggressive to the baseball, making very good throws. So guess what third base coaches do? They've got both hands up as soon as that ball gets in the glove yeah. of, of, of Kyle Tucker. And when guys go first to third, they they don't because yeah. they're like, no, oh, they just don't me out and making that. Out no, of that's base. exactly they right. The ball, they see the ball in center field. They're like they put their head down and go. Yeah, I, I, I think that's and that's a that's obviously a big concern. Um I, it's it's hard to say what it is. I hope he figures it out truly. Cause I, I mean, obviously too, you and I yeah. have seen it down a constellation field in a space Cowboys uniform. Woo. Yeah. You can drive the ball, man. Yeah. It's just something weird going on with him. I'm not sure what it is. Um, well, while we're looking at, you know, we, it's, it's an interesting schedule coming up because, <laughs> you're getting to yeah, I know you're going heading to the frozen tundra first Minnesota God help you I mean you know is there a colder place in the in the United States the continental United States that's a good States? question it's so cold there, there it's so cold Cleveland? maybe maybe in the Dakotas maybe maybe up there yeah, like North Central's Dakota tough man in April and May Ooh. yeah but then but then after the twins and the twins are playing really well right now uh, mm-hmm. Twins are playing really well. I didn't. I haven't checked. Yeah, I think they're four and zero. Yeah, so they're nice. still playing really well. And then after that, you go to Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh's a cool city, and Sneaky good uh, you, city. And it's a very and it's a cool stadium. And obviously, oh. I, I don't. How long has it been since you guys have been there? I mean, it's been uh, a we while. Were talking about that, Ju- I think Julia said 2016 was the last God. time we've been there. So we haven't called a game with Todd Callis in Pittsburgh until wow. we get, make this trip. So that's going to be super cool, but but it's going to be chilly in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I was telling you right now, bundle up because it is not. I mean, that's the guy. I would. Not, I don't not. I do not envy you. But I mean, when you're those looking at those games, like. <laughs> when, bundle up. when when uh, when you're, <laughs> it's true. It's not good at this time of year. 
at this time of year, it's like, it, no way. Um, but I will say, especially in Houston, cause we're just used to like, eh, whatever, um, bust out the shorts. But I, I do think that, you know, it, it's going to be a challenging road trip. Those games. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh's yeah. middling along, but the twins, you know, twins are playing well. Um, <clears throat> And the Astros are not playing great. I feel like right now the starting pitching just really has to come around. That's going to be the thing. You've got to you yeah, got Fromber on the mound today. Uh, you've got to get more than five innings out of these guys. Well, and here's the thing too. You know, it's one thing to go in there and play opponents. When you have to go in there and mm-hmm. battle the elements too, it kind of makes it very interesting, and you get a little bit mm-hmm. sidetracked mentally by that some of that stuff. Or you can get laser focus and be like, I've got to ignore the cold, go play the game. Right. Um, just talking about that road trip. Um, one of the worst booths on the planet, Pittsburgh. Where? By the way, it's is on it the, really? It's on, it's on the bottom side of the moon when you're up there <laughs> calling that game. It's a skybox. I hate the skyboxes are the worst, man. Visually, it's great because the sight lines amazing. Clemente Bridge and downtown, gorgeous. Mm. But that's a total total side note. But here's the thing with me and the Astros: (laughs) Um, most other teams are kind of new school in the sense that they only want their guys to face that face that lineup twice, maybe three times if they push it. So right. when 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 the Tampa Bay Rays are breaking camp, um, trying to think of some other highly analytic teams. So when these analytic teams like the Tampa Bay Rays break, they break with a bullpen that has guys that are extended mm-hmm. and can throw two, three innings. So there's protection already built into their philosophy to protect their starters. Yeah. The Astros don't have that. They broke camp with Renel Blanco being their right. line guy fantastic and he has looked absolutely he's looked good his slider is bitching Mm -hmm. so that's great you've got seth martinez he had to extend himself and maybe pitched in some situations that he's not accustomed to Mm -hmm. and had to eat some innings because the rest of the astros bullpen is built for shutdown they are built for one inning appearances against high leverage guys and they shut things down. They're not built to cover outs, to cover innings from the fifth inning on. That's where the Astros have run into problems. And that's more to your point that the starters, when they, they need to get their legs under them maybe quicker than normal, or they need to find a way to, to battle through five, six innings in order to back that bullpen up and use them more appropriately but again, spring training, WBC, Hunter Brown yeah. had to miss a start because of his la- his back. You know, Framber <clears throat> right. Valdez didn't get ramped up as quick. It was a short offseason. There's a lot of excuses out there. But oh, totally. don't panic because these guys are good enough to build up and go deep in games. And they will. No, 100%. I, I'm not worried about the Astros. Um, they are not the type of team that, that is going to struggle forever. Uh, there are too many good players on this team. They're too... They're too talented. Too much experience. It, yeah. yeah, too much experience. They're, they will figure it out. Um, and and right now, also, honestly, how good would Michael Brantley look in that lineup? Oh. Um, you know, just yeah. having another guy who's a consistent hitter, a consistent guy who can get on base ahead of Jordan, ahead of Kyle yeah. Tucker, ahead of Jose Abreu, who are clearly going to be RBI machines this year. Um, well, and you put you put Alex Bregman in a more comfortable spot in that third spot. You move Jordan right. into the four. I mean, th- the right. depth that just one guy and Michael Brantley creates is ridiculous yep. and changes the dynamic for the opposing starting pitcher. And then who would have thought? TK brought this up the other day, and he, and he locked me up. I mean, that's hard to do because I love to talk. 
He said, <laughs> how about Michael Brantley when he comes back will be the third best left-handed hitter in this lineup? I heard that. That was crazy. <laughs> He's a hitter. <laughs> that is crazy. I heard him say that, and I remember thinking, wow, now that is a great pull. Leave it to Todd yeah. Callis to come up with them, but he's right. He's a hundred percent right. I mean, that's what got me. I was like, dude, you're right, and I was astonished. It was it's great. wild. And the Astros, when have they ever had this many good lefties? I mean, this is like yeah. a you know, this is a team that's loaded with good left-handed hitting, and they really do have the once they get everybody in place, they're going to be able to line them up in throughout the lineup, mix it up in there so they can go righty lefty, righty lefty. It's going to put a tremendous amount of pressure on other teams pitching. Um, so yeah, he'll he look even more so than Altuve at this point. We know Altuve is going to miss a while, but when Brantley gets back, it does feel like there will be some things that kind of snap into place because it just look. Jeremy Pena is not an ideal leadoff hitter right now. Um, he just doesn't get on base enough. He strikes out a little bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, if you get Brantley in there behind him, it's going to help a little bit. Just simply because he's a, he's a guy that's going to get on base, you know, and so they're not going to try to pitch around Jeremy Pena as much. They're going to, you know, probably throw to him, which is good for him because you put it down the middle, Jeremy Pena's going to hit it. Um, oh, man. Well, and the so, other thing about Jeremy Pena is, I mean, he's still young yeah. in his professional career. He's a kid. He, just because he's got the gold glove and the ALCS and World Series MVP mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's all of a sudden this seasoned veteran that's just going to be this juggernaut again. He's got right. he's going to still have to make adjustments. He's a young hitter, and and opposing yep. teams are going to try and figure him out. And oh yeah, Jeremy's going to adjust. I mean, he he's we he proved he's too good to struggle because he can make the adjustments. It's just, everything's just a matter of time for me. Yeah, Dusty said the same thing. He's like, teams are going to try to figure him out, and he's going to have to ju- adjust to that. So we'll we'll see that. Like I said, I'm not too worried about any of that. I do want to talk to you a little bit about the rule changes because it's our first. You know, we're uh, you know handful of games in. Um, mm-hmm. I looked up last night while I, you know I looked up last night at, at Twitter while I was dealing with the final while I was uh, covering the final four, and I looked at Twitter and I was like, so you're telling me the Astros are going into the eleventh? And they've only been playing for three hours. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I was like, that is something else right there. Um, I, yeah, I told somebody the other day, I really don't, the pitch clock doesn't freak me out like I thought it would. Um, it's yeah. uh, MK Bauer, who's a great uh, sports r- reporter here in Houston. And I were sitting in the press box on opening night. And he said, you know, to me, he said, it's more of a cumulative thing. Like you don't really feel it in the moment, but then as you get, you know, you look up and it's like, oh, it's been an hour and we're four innings in or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you felt it? You know, has it, I mean, obviously it's altered your delivery to a degree in the booth because you guys just don't have the time. Um, but you seem to be adjusting as well. How, how's it been for y'all? Uh, I'm, I've, I felt terrible in spring training. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And those <laughs> games were two hours and six minutes. So I felt like I left a lot on the table yeah, um, I felt like I was cutting myself off, but since the the season has started, I felt a little bit better. Our formats have been better, and obviously, I'm better prepared for the regular season for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's been better, and I, I agree with you in the sense that you do feel there's moments where you're like, okay, I feel like I've been here for a little while. Mm-hmm. This game seems to be extended because guys aren't throwing too many strikes. Every count goes o two to three two, and I'm like, mm-hmm. damn, dude, what the heck? And I look up, and you're two and a half hours <clears throat> in the eighth inning. In the eighth inning, and you're like, oh. 
all right, I can deal with that. And, uh, you know, playing a three hour, 21 minute, uh, uh, extra inning game is the equivalent of playing a four, four and a half hour game. I mean, I would add an extra hour to that game, uh, to compare to what we've been doing in the past. And I've actually got pretty good numbers on this that I was able that I'm getting information sent to me consistently and through 50 games, all 50 games average two hours and 38 minutes, which is amazing. It feels quick as hell. 200 to two hours yeah. and 38 minutes this time last year through 50 games, the time of game was three hours and eight minutes. So you, wow. Half an it hour. Worked. It a worked. Whole, yeah, completely. And you, we talked about it earlier. There's a lot of runs being scored. Pitchers aren't pitching as well as they can. So, I mean, it's kind of impressive that you're seeing this many runs being scored, yet the games are averaging two hours and 38 minutes. Uh, the batting average is up 15 points. <laughs> the on-base percentage is up maybe about 15 points. Wow. Slugging's up 20 points. Uh, but the runs per game is, is still the same, 8.4 runs per game mm-hmm. uh, total for both teams. And then how about this? The stolen base attempts and stolen I was going to get to that one. Ridiculous. It is out of control. I will admit I was wrong about this. I wow. said I did not think the steals were going to increase that dramatically, but who was I wrong about that? Man. Yeah, it was crazy. So through 49 games in 2022, you had 29 stolen bases and 43 attempts. <laughs> That's all. This season? <laughs> this season through 50 games, 70 stolen bases in 84 attempts. So that's wow. a stolen base rate Double. that has gone up exponentially compared to last year. That is a 100% increase, essentially, yeah. in number of stolen bases. Those, I, I read. That was, there was a section of that stat pack I got, and I went, I mean, literally, I like gasped and went, oh. <gasps> I was like, whoa. And <laughs> well, those, those, the stolen base numbers and the time of game, they're working. I, I, it's crazy. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, like the stolen base thing is the thing to be like, yes, the, the time that they take on the mound, the, you know, you can't throw to first as much. There's, you know, fewer timeouts. I think some of that is really good. It's obviously players have adjusted pretty quickly. They seem pretty comfortable with that. To me though, the two things that have really just stood out, one is the steals thing. I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that people, the fact that guys can look up and look at the pitch clock, it's yeah. a huge deal. Like, cause they can, t- Kyle Tucker in particular, you can see he's not the fastest guy on the base pass, but he's so smart. And you can see him just looking at it being like, all right, I'm ready. And then when it comes, do you see Chaz's numbers? Yes. I know another one. Chaz McCormick. Chaz not has a, like four. He had four stolen bases last season. He has three already. Unbelievable. He's, he's the one guy that's like bouncing off that bag at first base. He can't. Right. Play. I know. And the other thing though, the number two is the shift. I mean, Mm. the shift is really going to change the game for a lot of hitters. I mean, it's just going to change a lot. Both right-handed, more so for the left-handed hitters, but it's also going to affect the right-handed hitters. Alex Bregman, I believe it was his, it might have been his second at bat. He hits a rocket back Mm -hmm. up the middle, and the second baseman can't get to it. I think that's where you're going to see guys really start to use the middle part of the field again and maybe focus on the line drive instead of that lift and separate swing. Right. And that's why at this time last year, the uh, Major League Baseball's batting average was 230. This year, it's 245 in April for for Major League Baseball as a total. I think that's a big jump. It's a huge jump, and and it just – 
you know, I think the thing for me that it, it's not that baseball is not fun anyway. It is, but there's a it adds an action to the game that you don't. It's like it adds a, a sort of a you're like, hey, look at the pitch clock. Hey, the guy on first, and like there's the, there's like a it it sort of. It, it causes you like normally baseball games with their relaxing sort of chill out. It really just engages your brain more because there is more to sort of think about when those things are going on. And uh, I, I really have enjoyed it so far. I have, I have nothing bad to say about any of the rule changes thus far. At first it felt like it was going to be too fast. Honestly, yep, now it feels feel like, like it was going to be fast. Honestly, now it feels like it's just normal. Yeah. Hey, Everybody was ranting and raving. Joey Gallo, c- no. c- Cody Bellinger, blah, blah, blah. Cody is not helping Cody. You still have to make contact. His numbers to start out the season are awful. Uh, I think Joey Gallo has one home run, but I've really seen it for guys that can hit yeah. like Jordan Alvarez, like Kyle Tucker. Yep. The, for the, that series against Chicago White Sox, they really took advantage of it and had some RBI opportunities because yeah. the shift was not implemented. You just, that's the thing. Contact, making contact is going to be rewarded in this, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be rewarded. Yes. Yeah. Contact, making contact is going to be rewarded both in hits and frankly, once you've gotten on base, because not only does Mm -hmm. making contact give you a chance to get a hit, but once you do, then you've got opportunities on the base pass that you didn't have before, thanks to the steal. And so it's, yeah. and, And look, it's funny because, you know, people have been complaining Old school guys have been complaining. It's like, oh, it's all about the strikeout and the home run. Well, not now. I mean, <laughs> this is this is definitely this has definitely altered that completely because yeah, I mean, guys are still going to want to hit long balls. You know, as they say, the chicks dig the long ball. But um, but as far well, as pays, yeah, that, yeah, ain't that the truth? Um, <laughs> but as far as the you know getting singles and and getting on base and moving around the base paths. That action has t- totally been altered, I think, by this. And I think that's a great thing for baseball. Yeah, I don't know how many stat heads listen to this, but if you're mm. if you're curious about what it what, what the number is when the ball is put in play, so batted, yeah, that's batted balls put in play, right? That number really, I haven't checked that number, but that number should go up exponentially because the fact that we are talking about the more you put the ball in play, the more opportunity you're creating because there is no shift, that number should jump as well. And that should translate, like you just said, Mm -hmm. to increasing what every team wants to do, win probability. And the more you get on base, whether it's a walk or base hit, Mm -hmm. you're going to increase your chances to win. So some good teams with good contact might start to separate themselves as we get to the middle part of the season. I'm going to be real curious to watch the analytics and see how the analytics of the bunt changes too. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the there, I I feel like because the ability to move around the base paths is such a big deal, right. That, uh, you know, either bunting for hits, you know, or just bunting to, you know, bringing back the sacrifice, because right now, if you move a guy from first to second with a sac- with a sacrifice bunt, if there's no outs, that guy might end up at third pretty quickly. You know, because you can steal third now when you. I don't think you really could before if you're fast enough. David Hensley did the other day. Right. I just kind of wonder if that's going to bring back some of that mentality of like, oh well, because for a long time analytics said sacrifice bunt, you just don't do it because you're just giving up and out for no good reason, right? Better to try well, and put it depends on who you're setting up to. You can't just bunt yes, to bring agreed. up a nine guy with a you know a runner at third base less than two. 
Right, exactly. But I do think it might change the perspective of some in doing things like that, just simply because of what we can, what they can do on the base paths now. Well, well, just to just to argue what I just said. Mm-hmm. What if it? What if? What if you know it's in a situation where the opposing team's going to bring their infield in and increase the probability of getting a hit for your guy at the plate because there's no shift and they, mm-hmm. they you bring them out in the infield. So, it, I mean, all of a sudden, the middle part of the infield opens wide up, or if you just hit the ball hard, it cuts that's down it. on angles. So maybe that's what increases the opportunity. I don't know. But that's what Manfred's trying to do. There, That article in The Athletic exposed exactly what he thinks about analytics. He hates them. He thinks it's ruining baseball and – the fact that he's brought the stolen base back has got to make him feel wonderful because that was actually similar. That stat was mm-hmm. actually similar to a bunt. Yep. Analytics guys did not want people to steal bases because of the potential or the risk of being thrown out. Yep. Now you've got the stolen base rate or the percentage, the stolen base success rate at eighty seven percent. So that's that's a viable play now. Those no those for sure percentages are in my favor. I just, you know, to me, it's never. I first of all, I'm I, my eyes nearly rolled out of my head when Manfred hates analytics. Oh, boohoo! Whatever, whatever, boomer. Okay, boomer. That's what I feel like saying. Yeah, he exposed himself. But it's like to, to me, it's like it's not all about one or the other, right? There is a balance. Boomer is a drop. I mean, I got all these drops. Now you need. We need you. Okay, boomer. That, okay, that's boomer. Your, that's your I will drop. definitely get that. Go. I will Sorry, definitely I get. That no, we'll definitely do that because also we have to. Let the kids be kids, man. The, <laughs> we also need that. Um, I, I'm going to tell you right now, the thing about it that drives me crazy about this. So when Daryl Morey was still the general manager of the Rockets, I was actually working on, uh, I co-wrote the 50th anniversary book for the Houston Rockets when they they hit their history book. I, was, I wrote the second half of it. And I sat down with Daryl on a few occasions. I actually got to know Daryl pretty well. And at one point I said, listen, I pretend I'm a guy that doesn't understand analytics at all. Like, why should I think that it's worth it? Like, what does it do, you know, for for me as a fan? Like, why should I care? And he went into some pretty in-depth but very understandable sort of explanations. And he talked about it in all the sports. And he said, you know, in football, you can only use it a certain amount because you really have all these guys operating at the same time. So it's it's hard to predict how things are going to happen because everybody's got to be in unison. He said in basketball, it's like about 50-50. It's really good for def- defense. It's really good for um, choosing your shots, making better shot selections. Like why take a, a 20-foot jumper where you're only hitting you know 28% or 30, 35%, and then why not just step back two steps when you're shooting 34% and it's an extra point, right? So there's a lot of that kind of stuff we explain. But in baseball, he said, you know, it has a better, uh, there's better in baseball because he goes, it is so individualized, right? You know yep. that these guys pull the ball. You know these guys, do, you know, that you can see all of the tendencies. Um, but he said it's ultimately nothing compared to what the the athlete does on the field right analytics can tell you a lot of things that can guide you in a direction and he actually described it to me kind of like genetics like you can be predisposed for something and never get it right um whereas in in with sports you can set up all the analytics all you want but a guy can just hit one over your head or whatever um or strike you out because he's just better than you in that moment and i feel like the all these people who hate on analytics or all these people who you know hate on non-analytics they're missing the point 
It's both, mm-hmm. right? You can you can yeah. find a world where both of those things are important, where you can mix those things together and find the right moments to make those choices. Inform your choices with them, but also use your gut. I mean, that's part of the whole game of baseball. And I, yeah, that's the only thing that disappointed me about the shift uh, rules is that you can't put you know three guys on one side because I think there is actual data and strategy involved mm-hmm. in that. Yes. Yet you'd completely eliminated it. I, I I was actually a proponent of keeping everybody on the dirt and move them wherever you want. Uh, that's but, interesting. You know that, but uh, Manfred took it another step. So he wanted well, more offense, and hopefully, guys that make contact provide that. Well, you know, and everybody got mad because nobody, you know, the universal DH. Everybody was like, "Oh, well, it takes away the strategy." Honestly, I yeah. think there's some really interesting strategy now with the stolen base numbers going up. There should be some real interesting strategy. The choice of catchers is going to change, right? It's we talked about this, and we talked about this yeah. in spring training. You know, catchers—it's going to change for them. Well, it's fascinating. I'm going to be really fascinated to talk about this throughout the season as we go, and as we mm-hmm. see it'll more be because very small sample size right now. But it'll be really interesting yeah. to watch that. Um, any final thoughts for you, Blum? Are you are you are you ready? For the cold weather, have you prepared? No, dude, I threw that stuff away, man. <laughs> you know, we live in Houston. It, it, we don't have spring, so we went right to summer. And I was like, sweet, bring on the sweat, man. And now here I am <laughs> trying to find out where I put my puffy jacket so I can pack up and go <laughs> your, to Minnesota your for puffy, crying out loud. Your puffy jacket. <laughs> dude, Blummer, I want to see a picture of you in a puffy jacket right immediately. Oh, man. Like that, like the Michelin man, you know. <laughs> well, you saw that fake photo of the Pope. They did. They did an AI photo of the Pope wearing the puffy jacket. Right. That that that, that jacket was kind of it was kind of cool. Dude, I'm not going to lie. All right, we're going to be back on Friday with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. This week, joined by the ladies from Bourbon and Baseball, should be an interesting uh, little chat conversation. Perfect segue into the Easter weekend. Bourbon, baseball, and. And and hey, yes. look at the Sugarland, uh, the Sugarland uh, Space Cowboys with the, the sweet lid. Um, again, a huge thanks to all our listeners and viewers all over the world. You guys are awesome, and uh, be sure to hit that sports podcast group before Thursday and give us a vote for the best baseball podcast. I mean, we know that we're number one in your hearts. We'd also like to be number Prove one it. in this. I'm just yeah, yeah <laughs> prove it. it, prove it. Houston, Houston is a winning city. Prove it. Yeah. If you truly love us, if you really love us. (laughs) So we're deeply thankful for all you guys. Keep it coming. Uh, The season is upon us. We have no more Final Four to deal with. Basketball season is almost over. It's about to be pure baseball all day, all night, every day, 365. So uh, strap it in. It's a long season. And uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you on Friday. As always, go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.